Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who are up to their ears and kneecaps, Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi, yo, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 363. Oh, my aching assets. This is the Detroit Lions, official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, and with me is the most gorgeous man in Western Michigan, Jeff the Riz Risden. Michael, how are you doing, brother? It is good to be with you, Chris. It's it's a fun time to be a Lions fan. Is this, I, 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 I'm sorry, I can't do it. It's a familiar it's, time. Uh, it's a familiar. It's time. It, it's 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 time to be a Lions fan. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, it's a familiar time for Lions fans. We'll talk about it. Um, although this one, the 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 layer dip this time has a couple different layers than we're used to, and I think there's things that are worth talking about that are uh, a little different. Maybe I agree. The, the, we're we're in a different spot than in recent years where it hasn't gone well. We really are, and that that's that's worth talking about and, and worth having fun with. Honestly, if there's a way to figure out how things can't go well, we'll find a new one and a better one every single time. All right, we got a Bears game to review. We will talk about injuries, and this is a be a pretty significant talk here because there's a couple angles on it we want to cover. Also. We've got uh, a little bit of way too early draft talk. The initial results are in, as we just said, hey, let's put this topic up there. Riz and I disagree. That should be fun to talk about. Um, we also want to talk about St. Jude. It is kicked off with a bang. We've got a video already of somebody. We've got some great ideas, and we want your help there. You guys can do some really fun stuff. And we can try to make the Lions um, season a little bit more fun because it doesn't look like it's going to be a huge riot so far. we got to look ahead to Minnesota, a trip around the division, and a whole lot more. we got a great show lined up, like Tony the Tiger would say. Riz, you ready to go, man? <laughs> oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. All right. All right. Do you like my Western Michigan reference, Tony the Tiger? That that's very good. Um, they're, they're they're actually on strike right now. Um, actually, no, that that's that's Kellogg's. That's not Post. So yeah, yeah. Fun, fun times in West Michigan right now. Let me tell you, the tiger works, my friend. The tiger works. The tiger does. The tiger always works. <laughs> Captain Crunch. I'm not so sure about him. He's he may be on mutiny. I, I don't I don't like guys that wear sailor hats indoors. That's that's a weird look. Well. That might end our romantic relationship. But anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> we want to talk a little. Well, we don't want to, but I think it's appropriate that we talk a little bit about the Bears game. I'm going to start it <sighs> off. You know, I, I like to find the good stuff, right? And I'll start there. It's not unrealistic. But this is a game we could have won. We could have won this game. We were in the position to win this game. But- like like you're, you're talking going into the game, right? I'm I'm talking during the game. No, I mean, dur- it, during during it, the, during the game, it, it was over after the first two drives of the game. If, in my opinion, if you don't have a shotgun snap intercepted, uh, <laughs> it's a different game. If you can but move the, the ball from the three yard line, it's different. Game. You could have won. You were in position to throughout that game to win it, but they could not. That that snap where where Frank Ragnall of all people screws up that's a sign from the Roman god of football testicles that it's just not your day. <laughs> testicles has dropped. Uh, you know, I gotta say the thing that's a, that's not just the first that's not the first time it's happened. 
And why are Ragnow and, and, and Goff not on the same page there by, by now already? That is something that's a little bit alarming, actually. That should not happen. I don't know that it's Ragnow's fault. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. If, it's, if it is, it is. If it's Goff's, it's Goff's. But they should be on, on point together. This should not be. This is, I, I said it in the, in the Sunday show, this is table stakes. Snapping the ball, the, the the exchange between the center and the quarterback is table stakes. This should it's not. It's really not that hard. <laughs> it, it's that's that's a lack of communication. That's that, those are things that you just can't have happen. That's um. Now I'm seeing rats lack of communication in my head, and that, that's like Stephen Piercy forgetting the words to round and round as they're doing it in a concert for the second time because they only have so many good songs. That's <laughs> that can't happen. Didn't they? Oh, did, they didn't come on. Feel the noise though, didn't they? No, that was Quiet Riot. Oh, yeah, Quiet Riot. Singer's hair looked the same. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes, it did. Got, got, rest, rest in peace, Kevin DeBrow. Hey, also, we are doing this on the first anniversary of the passing of Eddie Van Halen. Um, oh, so uh, and, any and all Van Halen references or chat in the chat, um, if you're doing that, please, please, please recognize. Um, I'm not the world's biggest Van Halen fan, but damn, that, they were great. Uh, they put on a great show, and Eddie was one of a kind. So they were uh, rest in rest in heaven. Great summer music. I'll tell you, I yes. had I had this is back when I worked in radio. Monsters of Rock tour came to the Silver Dome. Mm-hmm. Um, seven hour show, nine nine hour show, seven bands. I had backstage passes. I met Van Halen there. Ted Nugent came back with Van Halen. They performed together. They did uh, Rock and Roll by Zeppelin. There It was a great, great wow. show. Uh, Eddie was absolutely awesome. Sammy Hagar was really awesome, dude. They were some really, really cool cats. And just for Van Halen, not one of my favorite bands, but a great party band and a great summer yeah. band, especially in the late '80s. Man, they if they were on, you were having a good time. I just, it's pretty yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way with that. And we need that sort of uplifting music right now. There's only so much Lamb of God I can listen to to, <laughs> to get through my sins. <laughs> Rip EVH, yeah. All right, let's get going. Um, let's see. Waxel's very. He's he's thrown back to uh, Captain Crunch for us. He earned that hat. I would hope you would show him the proper respect that Captain Crunch has earned. So there you go. <laughs> Sit down, Riz. All right. I still believe that this, this is a game the team could have won and had the talent to one win, but they just squandered it like so many things and just bumbled it away. Absolutely bumbled it away between coaching, uh, playing, and so on. But this is a game that they could have, and it makes it, it was... even worse, I think, that they lost this game on top of all the other things. But it was it was sloppy. It was, it was not it was not a well coached game from a Detroit standpoint. It was not a well executed game from a Detroit standpoint. It was it was bad football. This was like they're zero and four. But like in the in the other three games, like we've talked about, it. we felt it. Like they're so close. Like they're they're doing the right things. They just don't have enough talent to get over the hump. Last week they didn't play like that, and that was frustrating. And that that was sort of that shit. Yeah, it, it was very, it was deflating. Honestly, um, it, it was Where's the There's my guy. <laughs> I love that guy. It was uh, it, it was it was it was one of those where and, and even though they did give you a little bit of hope going towards the end, it, it, I never had any confidence that they were going to come back and do it. So I didn't get that feeling like you did. Like I, I started so. I have to write post game things yeah. and we try to have those done as quick as humanly possible afterwards. And we have scrapped so many drafts this year because, Oh my God, they're coming back or they're, they're losing it late. Those sort of things. So you can't really write ahead. 
So I rode ahead in this one, and it wound up I was able to use it. And I would, so that was about the only redeeming quality that that game had was that I wrote, I started writing at halftime that, oh, this was a bad loss. Um, Dan Campbell did not have a good game. Jared Goff had a rotten game. Our, my, my theme was our good players didn't play well. Jared Goff didn't play well. DeAndre Swift had a rotten game. Um, uh, uh, the box score is probably better than he actually played. He, he was, he was awful. Yeah. Um, you, you had a bad game from Panay Sewell. It turns out he might might be hurt, might not be back for a while. That would explain some things. Um, the, the 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 Frank Ragnow doing the, the snap thing before he got hurt and left the game. The, the, your best players, Hawkinson didn't have a particularly good game. When you're where the Lions are, your good players have to, they, they imperative. They have to be at their best for you to have a chance to win, and they weren't. And none of them were. Sunday, and that, I, other than Jamal Williams, um, who I thought played great, yeah. um, some other guys like Khalif Raymond played the best game of his career. I think Quintez Cephas had one of the best games of his career. I, th- I actually thought Tracy Walker played pretty well at safety, and that was that was somewhat encouraging. Uh, the fact that that he started to show a little bit of what he did a couple of years ago when when we all thought he was still good, or at least I thought he was still good. So the, I mean, there were signs of encouragement, but you can't win when your best players, uh, specifically at this level of talent. You just can't win when they're not at their their A game, and none of them had their A game. I want to kind of think about this in a way. We started the season saying, look, there's not a lot of wins coming out of this team. They played three teams that are absolutely in the conversation as potential be, potentially being in the Super Bowl. The first four teams actually were in, this, in the uh, playoffs last year. Yes, but, they were. But the, the, we won't even talk about why the Bears were there. We'll just leave that as it. They took three steps forward, I think, in the first three games. They looked – they gave – for at least parts of those games, they gave very good teams a run for their money. They did things that nobody expected them to be able to do. And they looked like, okay, they haven't been good enough to beat these really, really good teams. But if they play at this level against a team like Chicago, I walked in expecting a win. This team would have played good enough to beat Chicago. And then to see, so you saw a bad team play really good for three games. And then you see a bad team play really 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 badly in game four and that just takes the wind out of the sails it's going to be you know you you, this is this is going to be on the coaches this is going to be on the players this is going to tell you the character of this team this next game and we'll talk about it a little bit going you know in a little bit here but how do they recover it's going to be crucial this week i don't know that they win right but how do they recover and, and 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 get save some face Save some, some, you know, show some ability and, and, and stop the bumbling and give themselves an opportunity to at least be in the game and not humiliated from top to bottom and left to right of that roster. That's what this Minnesota game is about. I, I mean, a win, sure, that'd be awesome, right? Minnesota's vulnerable. It could be a tough game for Minnesota. I mean, it actually, I could see it going. The, the Lions have a chance to win. I mean, it's not zero, right? But... This is a game that the, the, the Lions. It's pretty low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lions have to come back with some sense of pride and have to show that they're an NFL quality team because they yeah, did not we, show we, that. We, we want to see that. We want to see the team that we saw the first three weeks because that team can compete with Minnesota. And if they catch a couple of breaks, you know, they get a, a, a lucky bounce. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins mishandles a snap, and that happens. Yep, you know, yep. The, the potential is there. Um, some of the things that the Lions do, the Lions' pass rush is actually doing okay. It's it's not great. It's not where it needs to be. But they are, I, I want to say, they're seventh in sack rate in terms of 
percentage of sacks on dropbacks. I think they're at like 8.2%. Vikings are fourth. They're, they're really good. They, they've picked that up. But they have the ability to impact the, the pass rush, the, the, the opposing offense with a pass rush. They didn't do that very well against Chicago, and that was frustrating because, I again, you watched what happened to Chicago the week before, and they were completely clueless on offense, and their offensive line looked dreadful. And the Lions, I, I, I will give the Bears some credit for adjusting. I think they did make they did do some things to help Justin Fields out, but I don't think the Lions attacked well enough, especially given how awful the coverage was on the outside. Like you, you you've got to do something, and we talked about this last week, Chris. You got to do something to establish your identity. Yeah. And to me, they didn't. They did. They got away from the aggressiveness, the Aaron Glenn, you know, attacking. Let's make the quarterback wonder what's happening. Let's put some pressure on him. Let's make him make decisions. Let's let's attack this wobbly rookie quarterback. You know, let let let's get him off balance. Let, let's make him see things that aren't necessarily there. And they didn't do that. Um, and, and that's, uh, again, it wasn't a good game for the coaching staff. I don't think Dan Campbell had a good game. I don't think Aaron Glenn had a good game. I don't really think Anthony Lynn had a very good game either. That's going to happen, though. And, and to your point, we got to roll forward. And they can't they can't afford to have two bad games in a row because that's when people start wondering. They're like, oh, crap, did we make a mistake here? I know some people are already making that. You're premature on that. Now, if they if they prove incompetent two weeks in a row, then you start worrying about that. So that that's that's where I'm at with this team. I, I, I'm not. I'm I'm legitimately not worried about wins and losses the rest of the season. I don't want to go winless. Um, I hate that. I I've covered two winless teams. I don't ever want to go through that again. And I don't think this team goes winless. I do think that there are a couple of wins on the schedule somewhere. I don't think that this Sunday is one of them. Spoiler alert. But they, <laughs> I, I want to see them at least compete. Like. The team that we watched against Green Bay, against San Francisco, against Baltimore was fun and interesting and building towards something. And I think they got away from that in Chicago. And I want to see that team come back in Minnesota. I, I agree with you 100%. That's, that's the, I mean, Chicago was a get right game for both Chicago and Detroit. And, and Detroit did not get right. Justin Fields, we may have kicked off his career like we did Matt Ryan's, like we did Matt Flynn. <sighs> oh, oh, Matt Flynn. <sighs> <clears throat> I know uh, uh, Tori Hanzo is here, and he's always been he the is. one asking. Um, are are we going to see that right up? That, I mean, we're almost that, getting to St. Jude again. That, that's that's uh, that that should happen. That that I'm gonna, I can't do it Saturday. I'm going to the Grand Valley Ferris State game, so that sort of shoots that down. That 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 can possibly happen in the near future. Okay, okay. especially especially if the the Lions continue on the arc they are, and. Um, uh, Y'all, I'm, I'm the universal y'all here. If, if it doesn't apply to you, that's great. Thank you. But in general, Lions fans, I, I know this cycle because I've been through it before. We get to the point now where all the guys who had any hope are tuning out and they, they don't consume any Lions content for like two or three weeks. And then they'll come back later in the year. And we're, we're, we just hit that this week. Um, my traffic numbers showed on Lions Wire. Uh-huh. I, I know I, I talked to a couple of other Lions people media people they're like yeah we're not getting it either um so y'all if you're out there you know i get it i trust me i get it um this is the fifth radio or podcast appearance i've done on the lions this week it's also the last mercifully uh it's it's difficult because it's so just 
like just disheartening where we are. And and the the fact that we thought we were somewhere else and and climbing those stairs. And now the stairs have turned into, you know, the the old, you know, Tom and Jerry thing where he's sliding down because the the, the escalator went flat and turned turned the other way. Um, That's what Sunday felt like to me. It's also the best one you did all week, right, Riz? Absolutely. Okay, okay, just, just, just get checked. All right, yeah, yeah, no, no, and it does. It feels like that. I think it feels like that to everybody. You, me, the fans, everybody. This stuff's gone flat. I've talked about how many, and I think this week, this the Bears game or the Vikings game is going to be the sixtieth post game show after oh a God. loss, man. And you know how hard. I mean, we call it a therapy session. I I I am now in therapy myself. <laughs> the therapist needs therapy. Uh, it's it's you gotta it's understand tough, how hard it is to flip on the mic again it's, and it's again tough to, and again. You know, people man. people have this illusion that like, oh, it's great to have a losing team because there's like, no, no, it's not. It no. really isn't. Trust me, I, I've covered enough bad teams. That's why I relish when teams are good that I cover. That's why I love those Texans teams. That's why, that's why I like the Browns now. Savvy people will notice I spent more time on the Browns this week than I have in a long time. <laughs> that's not by accident, folks. <laughs> They're fun. They're yeah, winning. Yeah. Things are different. The, the pulse is different. Um, I, it, it's a drag to, to cover a team like, like uh, again, the first three weeks with the Lions, I I was I was feeling pretty good about the team. I felt good about the direction and the path and everything. And Sunday just sucked the life out of that man. Yeah, yeah. We need we need we need to get back to that. And and I'm honestly I I am fairly confident that uh, again I don't think we're going to win. I do expect a better team now with all the injuries, and we're going to talk about the injuries. It makes it really tough, but. Again, there's ways that they can show that they're dialed in and engaged that, that will keep me interested and entertained. And that's that's really all I want at this point now. <laughs> let's let's get into those injuries. I think we've we've heard enough this week so far from everywhere and everybody that we listen to about the, the Bears game. It's frustrating. It's over. We'll yeah. just move on and go to the next thing. Let's hit the Diamond CBD injury report. Guys, breaking news. There is a replacement for Delta 8 out there. You couldn't get Delta 8 in. Michigan, you couldn't get it in New York. Well, you can get the replacement now. There is new, new stuff out there. Let me make sure I get this right because I want to make sure I cover you guys with all the right stuff. Hold on. Give me one second. It's a it's a great line. Go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com and check out the Delta 8 alternative. What do they call this? Oh, man, it's got a, it's got like a technical name. Uh, it's right here. Uh, it's available in all 50 states. It's a Delta 8 Active CBD, they're calling it. Active CBD. Active. Okay. Active CBD. And it is just like the fun-loving Delta 8 that you liked before and legal in all 50 states. This is like the old um, cat and mouse game, the old um, you know pirates and software makers game. Every time they come up with a new way to stop it. They find a new way to crack it. Uh, it's just like that. They've, they've now ended up. It's like around. a new way to piss off Lars Ulrich by downloading Metallica from exactly. a different site. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> it. And and then calling it Lars Ulrich's pirate site.com. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's literally. And the government it's was great. so slow that these guys can, can evidently research moves faster. So the active CBD 
They got the gummies. They got the whole thing. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It's a great way to enjoy this podcast. Thank you, Grandpa Channel. Or to do the things you were going to do, hanging out anyway. Um, I, I'm not sure on the Active 8. I'm assuming that you're not going to pass the drug test just like you wouldn't with the, the Delta 8. But Active CBD. Check it out. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It is back on the menu, folks. Let's get with it. All right. Let's talk about injuries. Um, injuries are a really, really interesting com- conversation. I want to just start. I'm a businessman, Riz. You know, you know. Yes, you I, are. I, I, you I, are. You, you have your finger America. in many different business pots. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to start with the numbers behind injured reserve and out. Okay. And I want to, right. you know, you talk about, hey, injuries are top loaded. Oh, there's a lot of names. But let's just put the numbers to it. The salary cap is 180 million. Is that it? It's about no. It's it's like two something. Is it right now? Okay. Yeah. I forgot. I, I thought COVID I messed know. with it. We'll just say it's um. We'll say it's 200. It, it's lower than it was going to be. I, I want to say it was okay. Well, let me let me let me pull it up here. You look it up. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, 197. So I wasn't too point seven. Okay. Okay. This then I then I really do want to do this number really quick because okay. Uh, I think it's going to be important to really uh, understand All right. what the so so, so is. while you're mathematizing, I'll I'll just update everybody on where they're at. They put Frank Ragnow on IR today with his toe injury. It is at least three, and based on what we heard from Dan Campbell and from what was was said after that, it's probably closer to six than three. So don't expect him back uh, possibly before Thanksgiving, um, which is crazy enough is only like six or seven weeks away. Um, I actually messed up. I still thought it was September. Um, so he's on IR. Taylor Decker remains on IR. He will not play this week. Tyrell Williams still on IR with a concussion that he suffered in week one. It's week five. When you're missing that much time with a concussion, that's scary. Serious, yeah. Uh, so that's not good. Um, Jeff Okuda, obviously out. Romeo Okwara, torn Achilles, out for the season. Uh, given the 11-month timetable on recovering before you're even back to practice, he might miss the beginning of next season, which is really and, not good. And the long-term recovery rate. I mean, there's a few people who have gotten back, but getting back to form? That's tough, man. Um, and and it, it is something that you don't want to rush back from. Right. Uh, you see guys like Terrell Suggs, like he came back uh, and was heroic and he got lauded for it, but his game went in the toilet because he came back too fast. Yep. Uh, so, you, so you really got to be careful about that. So, uh, that, it, uh, again, losing Ragnar and Aquara in the same week, that that's your best pass rusher. I mean, Trey Flowers is out. It doesn't look like he's going to play this week. I, he hasn't been ruled out yet, obviously, but it, it doesn't sound good from, from what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, you're without your two starting outside linebackers. You're without your right tackle, um, okay. and or your left tackle and Taylor Decker. You're without your center and Frank Ragnow. They're all on IR. Well, Flowers isn't on IR. And now Panay Sewell's injured, questionable at best. Um, Let me, read between lines there, if you will. So I've got Sewell <laughs> in the number, okay, because okay. I don't think he's playing. But for guys that are expected to be out this week or are on IR, the number is $57.4 million oh of salary, of this year's salary, that is tied up uh, not playing. So if you oh put that God. against the cap, you're That's talking over... 29% I was gonna say, of it's our about 30%, total cap is wrapped up with guys who aren't even playing. A third, a third of your money is just wiped off. Your ability to spend and buy talent is gone. 
to injury. Oh my God. Think about that. What team? And, and I'm, I'm I'm just straight up. Even if we were, I don't care if we're, we're the Packers. I don't care if we're Tampa. You pick any team and take 30%, the top 30% earners or 30% broken down the same way on their team, and you remove that from that team. How are they going to fare? Right? And then you take a bottom 10, bottom 5 roster in the NFL, yeah. and you trip out 30% of the pay in players. It's incredible. There's like, if you just look at that alone, there's no expectation to win another game. If it stays like that, there's literally no ex- How do you beat a number another team in the NFL if a third of the money of your cap is wrapped up in guys that don't play? How do you expect That's insane. <laughs> I, I I don't know what you do with that. How does really that cap fit into that? Does that add to that? Is I mean, does that put us over 50% of our cap is missing in the ability to field a team? If who? It does, if we say, okay, we got $57 million gone in, uh, mm-hmm. in injured guys, our dead cap right now is what? Forty million? Are we really at like? No, our, our dead cap is over that. It's well, just, um, just say, just stand by on that. Say, so we're a hundred million dollars that we don't have available to buy players. Yeah. this year, half of our cap yeah. money is gone. We're working with less than fifty percent of our cap to put to put a team oh on God. the field. How the uh, hell do you dead, do that? Dead do cap. Mean? Okay, well this is this is aggregate. Let me just do it for twenty twenty one. Who do you mean? Dead cap for this year. It's it's incredible. I don't know how a team expects to win a game or how fans expect a team to win a game where in between the dead cap, which is the Quinn legacy. Oh my god, dead cap this year, uh, 111.5 million. 111 <laughs> oh and a half. You're you're oh my god, you're talking about 160 million. You're fielding a team I with can't I didn't realize it was that much. So oh I oh so that's not that's not Completely accurate. They're they're putting everything of Jamie Collins into this year. Got it. Got um, it. And also Justin Coleman. So it's it. So say say it's hundred. You say you're out hundred. Well, let's say it's eighty million, at least, and that that's probably bottom shelf for for this year. So you're talking I mean, one hundred forty million dollars gone, and you're trying to field a team with just about twenty eight percent of the salary cap available to your team compared to the other teams. Do you guys do you guys think maybe? This re- they need some CBD. <laughs> they need cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Um, and use oh coupon code lions fifty five percent off there. Get get that to their strength and conditioning coach. Maybe he can they, they need every savings they can get because they apparently don't have a lot of money. How are they going to sign people talking? Get Gilmore. Get Gilmore. With what? what? <laughs> I, I yeah, know, I know. I know. We'll, we won't go there. So oh, just think about. Please. Now you talk about okay. We're looking at a team. We've got the 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 Quinn. Trisha legacy where most of that dead cap is. I know, mm-hmm. I know you got Collins, but really that is the Quintricia legacy, right? And then you turn around and you add the injury cost. There's no way you're going to compete in the NFL. I mean, if you if you see just those numbers, Riz, you say this team isn't going to win another game. Yeah. How do you how do you beat a team that's got got eighty percent of the of the cap when you've got twenty seven thirty percent available? Uh, and, and of that, uh, almost twenty million is going to Jared Goff, who's not a very good quarterback. I mean, that, it's it, they're in a bad spot, year. man. If if ever you had any doubt that this team was in a rebuild, what we just talked about is is the the piss in your Kool Aid that it's over this year. Like this is all about building for next year. You're figuring out which one of these guys is worth the investment to keep on the payroll in 2022 and possibly beyond. That's all the rest of this season is about. You hopefully get a win or two or three. That would be great. 
Um, that will still secure you a top two or three draft pick. Remember, the teams that you're competing with um, don't have the same needs that you do. Um, so if Jacksonville picks one, that's great. They don't need a quarterback. They don't need a tackle. Uh, they don't. They don't necessarily need a cornerback. Um, you're looking at different things. They don't need. A, they don't need a pass rusher. They got two first rounders on that. So you're looking at different needs there. So whichever way you're at, it's tough, man. It, it, it's tough to field the team. I'm, I'm looking at all these guys. They're paying Justin Coleman twelve million this year not to play. Jesse James eight point five million not to play. I realize this, these figures are completely accurate because it's got all of their dead money on it, not not factored out year to year, but. <laughs> Chase Daniel, $3 million. I know that's all this year to, to not play for the team. Um, you don't think that they could use a $3 million cornerback right now to, to fill in for what everybody that's hurt? I mean, when, when you're trying in Daryl Worley uh, off off Man. several streets, and we're his fourth team in, in 11 months. That's – and he, he, he's, he's quite conceivably the best player in your entire defensive backfield. That's and that's it's a, it's a rough time, man. And let's just say people did want to sign Gilmore, right? Let's just say, look, we need a cornerback. We're in deep trouble. He's a guy that at least can be a cornerback too in the NFL. Maybe he can help us out in the near term. Well, you can't pay him out of this year's money. You're gonna you're you're gonna you're gonna tie yourself to a long term uh, expense with this guy because you you don't have the money to sign anybody, and then you're gonna have to pay a premium because who's gonna come here to play this year? Right when when you're why, you're, why would you right. why would you right who who put, would put the shoe on the other foot Take, pretend you're not the Lions pretend you're the the free agent pretend you're Stefan you pretend you're Cam Newton do you want to go to Detroit when when Pittsburgh's about to pull the plug on Ben Roethlisberger and Dwayne Haskins sure as hell ain't the answer where are you going to go are you going to go play for Mike Tomlin or are you going to play for Dan Campbell who hasn't proven that he can do anything yet. That's not a difficult decision as much as we like Dan Campbell. And if you're in the front <laughs> office, do you mortgage the future for this year or do you write this year off? And that's a thing I think that's very, very important for people to understand. Players and coaches aren't writing this year off, but the front office no. sure as hell is. I'm telling you right now, there is no question that the the ditch that they're in financially this year and, and to try to be able to build a team and put talent on this team, the worst thing you can do is pull out the backhoe and dig it deeper for next year. Because you are because you can carry over your cap money that you don't use this year. It's, it's like prepaying your credit card. It gives you that much more money next year to spend when you can bring in players who will want to be here because they will see that Dan Campbell's, that this team did not quit on Dan Campbell, that they are building something that you want to be a part of. They're young, they're enthusiastic. There's a lot of former players on this team as coaches that you like. You're hearing, we're still hearing good buzz about the Lions and about what they're doing from around the league. Terry and Bradshaw I, said that the, the Lions are a better team than anyone knows right now. And I don't think he's wrong. I just I don't think either. that they're Randy they're Mueller wrong. did the same thing. Yep. The former Saints and, and Dolphins general manager was like, you know what? It's not working now, but I see how it's going to. And other people see that too. And we cannot lose sight of that as much as the rest of the season is probably really going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, what do you do? Well, you hear, and I saw Mike Hodges earlier, they've been name, name dropping Jerry Jacobs a ton. Jerry Jacobs is getting more snaps, more reps than he would at any team in the NFL, possibly in his career. That he has got more. What this guy has just fallen into the perfect situation for his career. He yesterday when we when he played the the, the Bears, he was on the field as a cornerback. Did you hear his name get called? 
Not once. 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 That was it. The best thing that you can have happen as a rookie cornerback in the NFL is to not have your name mentioned on the broadcast. That was a great game for Jerry Jacobs out there against that team. Good, good news. Let's keep watching. Let's see the growth we get out of this guy. But this, this is the comparative advantage. We're going to go into economics for a minute that the Detroit Uh Lions have this year that other teams don't. Other teams are fielding their vets. They're fielding players that are, you know, that they're getting reps and getting, you know, whatever. What we're doing is we're building talent in the one place that other people can't and don't because they have vets and the fixed players in those positions. You can, everyone gets a draft. Everyone gets a shot at free agency. But developing talent on the field, live fire reps, other teams don't get the kind of chance that the Lions are getting for the full run of UDFAs and low round draft pick talent to develop these guys into something. And if you develop them, you've now got yourself a cadre of cheap, viable talent that you can use to push your team forward and have a long-term plan for success. If none of them develop, you're going to have a crappy year anyway, right? With this, right. with the injuries of the way they are, this is a chance. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being Mr. Brightside here, but this is a chance to do something that most teams don't get an opportunity to do. And I'll say we've probably got one of the better coaching staffs to do that. In that we have people that know the game, that played the game at the very one thousand percent basic agree with that level. So this is this is as shit as this feels as a fan of the team, and as crap as this year is going to be. Just know this is actually a comparative advantage over other teams. Will it play out? Time will tell. Uh, look at look at. Uh, I'll give the example because I did this a couple weeks ago. Look at what the Houston Texans are doing. Today, they cut Anthony Miller, a recent second-round pick wide receiver. Now, he hasn't been good, um, and that has to be mentioned. But they cut him because Danny Amendola is coming back. Danny Amendola, look, we like we love Danny. Yeah, He's yeah. a de- he's a 37-year-old dead-end slot receiver. What is he doing to help your team get better in the future? Nothing. The Texans are loaded with dudes like that. The Jaguars. I, I I know people will, will hate me for saying, what is Marvin Jones doing with the Jaguars? Like, like how is he? Uh, I understand that maybe, okay, you're, he's helping Trevor Lawrence develop as a quarterback, and I'll buy that because Mar- Marvin's awesome um, and, yeah. and, and, and we'll do a good job at that. But if he's taking snaps away from LaVisca Cheneau, um and are taking targets away, how is that helping them long-term? Because Marvin... Look, with, with the way his knees have been, um, I'm, I'm never going to say anything negative about Marvin because I, I love him, but he's nearing the end. He he is not a, a player that's going to be there when that team, if they ever find a coach after what's gone on there, uh, he's not going to be part of that when, when when Lawrence is really good. Now, maybe he'll be he'll come back and be like, you know what? Those first two years with Marvin with Marvin Jones made me a better quarterback, and I will respect that, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if that happens. But then they have to find the wide receivers in time to replace them. They have to find, by that time, their offensive line. Like like some of those guys are going to be gone by then. It's a different style. The Lions are doing something that not many teams get a, a chance. Like like you said, not many teams get a chance to do this. Um, go back to the winless Cleveland Browns. There were a lot of guys on that team who you know were veterans playing it out. You know, like Christian Kirksey was on that team. You know they they, they had a lot of guys who were, were dead ends, um, and they played them because they didn't have any other alternative. They, they refused to go with the youth movement everywhere. 
this team's they for better for better for worse. <laughs> and right now that they don't, you're right, they don't have a choice. They're playing the kids. They're playing AJ Parker. They're playing Jerry Jacobs every snap. Bobby Price is out there every snap when he's healthy. You know, you're you're seeing. You're seeing Matt Nelson, for better or for worse. You're just going to see a hell of a lot of Evan Brown in the coming weeks. You're going to see some Ryan McCollum at center, probably. Um, and that, that that's that's what you got to do when you're in this, the case that they are. And I'll tell you, the difference between most of the teams that have been able to do this and the Lions is the Lions have the coaches with the experience to be able to make these they, guys They have be a better. coaching staff that emphasizes player development and teaching. And they're playing to that relative strength of their coaching staff. Now, again, we did not see that. Obviously, they, they got to get better at the X's and O's and, and the, the strategizing because Sunday was not a good day for that. No, not at all. Um, they'll learn from that. God willing, they'll learn from that. Let's hope. But the, it, I have seen things to like. Jerry is a better player now than he was when I saw him in, in the preseason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bobby Price is better now. Uh, Halapulavati Vaitai is a better lineman now than he was going into the season. Absolutely. A, a shining star example of you, a guy you who's are, improved You are seeing how this coaching staff embraces the, the teaching aspect and the player development aspect. That's something that none of the prior regimes called well. Um, Patricia, certainly, and, and even Jim Schwartz before him. That, that That's not what they did. Uh, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have been the right staffs for this team, um, and, and I think that whether Brad Holmes is doing it on purpose or stumbled into it by accident, and I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I'd like to. Th- I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I also can't. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, and for those who are in the the Patreon Slack, you'll know what I'm talking about uh, from my comment earlier this morning, um, which uh, ruffled some feathers and probably. Well, I was in a bad mood. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Slack is the place to be, though. <laughs> they they are. Uh, it is it is the place to be, and I, I I love that people clap back at me about it, and that that that's good, man. Because I, I, I'm not right all the time. No, no, and you're not. It, but we'll, we'll here. Just remember when I am. Thank you. That's all I ask. Remember when I am right, because uh, everybody reminds me when I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, injuries are are massive. It's the rough, effect, man. It's rough. <laughs> the effect on the cap is gigantic. If people are talking a little bit. Oh, yeah, well, that's a lot of money wrapped up. No, there's a boatload of money wrapped up in guys not playing, and this is it's part injury, it's part mismanagement. And it, it, I just have one kind of theoretical question: Can you imagine? If Quinn and Patricia were still in charge this year, how much worse? You can't. You think it can't get worse? But can you imagine? They would. How they much would have traded worse? for Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, a second round pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> J- Jamie Collins would still be here. Oh God, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it it could be a heck of a lot worse. This is an absolute mop up operation on on what we had before, and this is this is the effect. This is the effect. It's both injury and it's and it's you know the the mismanagement of the salary cap. It's the downgrading of talent at just about every level that Bob Quinn touched, except the offensive line. Um, it was. It's been. This is. This is. You know. Well, you get what you fucking deserve. Thank you, Joker. Um, yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. So I'm gonna have to watch a Batman movie at some point in my life. That I'm telling you, the Joker is the best of them all. It is absolutely because it's different. It's not like a superhero movie. It's a very, very dark, moving kind of movie. It is. It will sap you emotionally. It'll take a lot out of you. It is a really great. And I'm not a cape and tights kind of movie guy, but that one was fantastic. I'm not, I'm not at all. Fantastic. So I'm not. I'm not a superhero type movie. I'm. I'm. 
Uh, unless it's Keanu Reeves, because yep. Keanu's Keanu's great. Point Break, best movie ever made. Ooh, I'll fight you about that. No, too. my my wife will back you up on that. She loves that movie. Yes, and I, I knew I, I liked your I, wife. I don't know about best ever, but I know it's a damn top top shelf movie. All right, I really want to hit something that we're doing. Uh, St. Jude, this is, we do this every year. We got something special in October that, and I got a video here to, to drop for you guys. It's a short one, but I think you're going to love it. Um, we're kicking off St. Jude. We're doing something a little like, remember the ice bucket challenge Riz, where people would challenge their friends to do it, then dump the bike. Absolutely. Ice um, as you know, ALS is something that's very near and dear to me. Um, unfortunately I've, I've had to deal with that. Uh, yeah. my brother-in-law passed away while we were at the senior bowl together. Yeah, um, so yes, uh, th- th- those types of things I can tell you firsthand from that, that when you do something like this, it means a lot to the people who are dealing with it. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. We had a guy just last year on the show, a, a guy whose son was uh, who had cancer. They were helped by St. Jude. His son was on my son's ch- soccer team in California when we lived out there. They were friends. They, you know, they played soccer together. The whole thing, near and dear, very, very close. I worked with him uh, at the company I worked with at the time. He was one of the best people i've met out there super great family the, the the last group of people you'd ever wish something like that on and of course they had to deal with it um but it hits people you don't expect cancer and saint jude is out there to help folks who need it when they need it the most you can't imagine being in a situation where your child is, is sick like that it's it's just got to be devastating hardest part sick, sick kids that that that's that's just an absolute different level of despair and life stress yep Yep. So we have a thing going on in October leading up to our 24-hour podcast on the 5th of November to the 6th of November. Riz and I will be going 24 hours trying to raise money, but we are trying to raise money in the meantime to get started. As you can see, we've got $1,300 and the Detroit Lions podcast tradition of ending with 69 cents <laughs> continues because it's always 69. Uh, you can go to stjude.org slash DLP and donate. Nice. Anything you donate, you'll get your name on the scroll here. You'll pop up in the bottom of the screen, get your name in lights. We'll mention you and thank you. Uh, the kids will thank you. And if you want to see, give it a shot. Uh, you'll, you'll see. You'll hear them right there. You thank you when you do that. But um, this 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 thing, we're calling it Jamie's Pies. Pies for kids right now. Um, Jamie said for the, you know, for the month of October, every $100 we raise, he'll take a pie in the face. And an anonymous donor dropped $1,000. And then we raised the, the other $300.69 along the way. So he's got 13 pies coming. Right. And so he was he's like, I'm having trouble getting this done. Um, I'm just trying to put some things together. He's way up in Montana, but he put this video together of where things are um, in the in the pie situation. And I just wanted to share this with you really quick. This is great. So you can uh, you can see where we are and what's going on. And again, you can do this. Just donate. Shoot a video of you taking a pie. Be creative. Have fun with it. A pie in the face and challenge two other people to take that pie and to donate. Let's have some fun on this, man. This is this could be cool and raise money for people that really, really need it. And you know what? You can make them lion's pies. You can do a lot of stuff with this and have a good time. Uh, it'll be worth it. We will play every single one of those videos on social media. We'll take the best and most exciting and we'll put them on the show uh, for folks to see. But here is the first of the uh, pies for kids, hashtag pies number four kids. Hey, guys. It's Jamie from the Slack, Double J. I um, just doing a check-in right now to kind of give you a heads up where we're at with pies. Uh, right now, we're just going to set it up where we do a challenge. So I'm going to challenge Case to do a donation and a pie, and I'm going to choose Flounder for a pie and a donation. So just, oh, what's that? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. 
so not expected. <laughs> Somebody give me a great. towel. <laughs> That's three. Got He's got three out of 13 in there. That's awesome. His kids totally, for those of you who are watching, they, they absolutely ambushed him, and it was great. Legit surprise on his face. Yep, it was yep. wonderful. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Good stuff. So have some fun with it. We want to, you know, it's a great way to do some. Look, the Lions are going to, are pulling at our hearts, making it a tough this season, but we can do something to, to get our hearts a little bigger. Grow them three, what is it, three sizes that day? And uh, help out some sick kids and some families in need. Stjude.org slash DLP. Uh, do a note donation. We'll take every single video you got. All right. Thank you all for listening to us talk about that. And help. thank you all for helping uh, St. Jude help us raise money for St. Jude. Again, if you go to stjude.org slash DLP, your name will be on the show when we're live. And you'll see your on the scroll and the recent donations at the top. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about, really quick, we signed offensive lineman center, I believe, Ryan McCollum. Right, he's going to mm-hmm. be the center of the future for the Detroit Lions. He could be <laughs> for the near future. Um, prob- prob- probably not. He could be the backup center of the future. Perhaps we we might find out soon. We'll see. Uh, yeah, they signed him off the Houston Texans practice squad. Uh, he's uh, undrafted rookie from Texas A and M. He is a mobile guy. He is not a road grader. Um, that type of guy. He, he's much more of a finesse type player but has has some ability played okay in the preseason. I, I won't I won't make him out of be this something that's great, but he he has potential to stick in the NFL for a few years and uh, he was in a bit weirdly enough, the Houston Texans are god awful and this is a playoff remember this is a team that won a playoff game with Ode Abushi as the team's best offensive lineman. Now they have, like, the strength of their team now is their offensive line. They had two guys signed, two offensive linemen signed off their practice squad yesterday to active rosters by other teams. The, the Texans, like, from 1 to 53 are worse than the Lions. Well, not, not injury-wise right now. But, like, if everybody was healthy on both teams and Deshaun Watson's still in limbo, the Lions roster is better than the Texans. So the fact that that this guy was was on a team that honestly has been fairly good at, at finding offensive linemen and up the wazoo. I mean, the, the guy that the Browns side for them, Helte Froholt, was uh, he, he's from Denmark, um, played at, played at uh, at Arkansas. But That's a heck of a place to be hiding an offensive lineman. You'd think you'd know he was up there. Exactly, <laughs> I know, right? I, my, my wazoo is not that big; it cannot fit a six foot five, three hundred and ten pound man up there. <laughs> you can even get um, the that, zoo up your wazoo. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he, he's worth a try. Uh, I, one of the things that it indicates to me is that the Logan Stenberg at center experiment is done. Yeah. Thank God. He is a backup guard. Uh, I wonder, I don't know, I wonder how much time he's going to get because he is somebody who did show something in the preseason, specifically in the Colts and Steelers games. I thought he played pretty darn well, um, better than I expected him to. Is that something where they wrote? I can't believe I'm bringing this up in a positive light. Could they bring back the guard rotation to get him some reps to see who fits best where? Um, now, now, okay. Now, one of the solutions, and, and this, I like this solution. This, this is quite frankly my my favorite solution. If Panay Sewell can't play Sunday, and I don't, I swear to God, I do not know if he can play or not. But if he can't. My thing, I would move Matt Nelson to left tackle. I would move Halapula Vadi Vaitai to your right tackle. I would put Logan Stenberg in at right guard. That, that's how I would fix it and see what Stenberg can do. 
look, you know Nelson is your swing tackle. Uh, can he play on the left side serviceably? Um, I, as I've come back and forth with a lot of people today, I wish they would have put Nelson at left tackle when Decker went down and left Sewell at right tackle. Then we wouldn't be having so many discussions about all that crap um, because Sewell is your right tackle of the future, period. Here End of discussion. Stop. He's your right tackle. Um, and, and moving him to left tackle has only, I'm going to use this, and I'm going to be very careful, it has retarded his development. I'm using that word in the literal sense of the word because they have messed with him so much. And that's on the coaching staff, and I'm not happy with the way the coaching staff has handled it. They should have left him as your right tackle, put Matt Nelson as your right tackle, and and worked with that, maybe played more Darren Fells on that side as a blocking tight end. He's only playing roughly 25 to 28% of your snaps. They could have managed that better, and they haven't. They've dropped that ball, and it sucks that Sewell's hurt now because he, he's coming off of a bad game, and we don't know whether he was hurt, and that's why he was bad or if he was just bad uh, because Robert Quinn you beat him like a rented mule, and you hate to see that about a first-round pick. Uh, so that I'm hopeful that that's our offensive line Sunday, honestly. Uh, it wouldn't – honestly, I don't think it would kill me if Sewell doesn't play just so he can, like, take a breath and be like – what the F is going on in this league? Right, And and by that point, there's a chance that Taylor Decker is back. Then you put Taylor Decker back at left tackle. You have Panay Sewell back at right tackle. Whoever the heck they're playing in week six, then they uh, the schedule blurs for me. I'm sorry. They can go out and uh, I think it's Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Cincinnati Cincinnati at home. That's, That's a tough matchup because Cincinnati can throw the ball and we can't defend the pass. I don't know, but at least you could get something and you get your offensive line right and get your offense right. Now it's going to be different without Ragnow there, but look, Evan Brown, God bless him. I thought he played okay against Chicago. He's clearly not Ragnow, but I, I've i seen worse. I, I saw Logan Stenberg play center. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe Ryan yeah. McCollum can get some, some reps there. I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. That, that's my little O-line piece. I just really quick as we look ahead, after the Bengals, we have the Rams. That's going to be an interesting week because that that week before the Rams, I'm in Vegas destroying myself. I, I swore I wasn't going to drink between now and then, and then here I am. I need something to get through tonight. Shh. Oh, truly madly team. deeply. Yeah. Um, and then after Vegas, I'm going to L.A. for the game. Sandman's going to be there. We've got a whole boatload of Tori Hanzo. It's going to be there. I want to go. Uh, Colin's going to be there. we got a lot of people. We want to get everyone together. We want to get a, a big group together for tailgating. Um, let's use the Reddit. If someone wants to start a, a thread in, in our Detroit Lions and kind of put together where we should get together and how to make that happen, I think I need a local. I haven't been there since SoFi has been completed. I have no idea really what to do. I'm saying, saying in Culver City, so it won't be you know hard, far or whatever to get there. But um, let's get that going. If someone starts a thread, let's get that L.A. meetup going so we can get a good, solid, fat tailgate going because, look, we're going to see Matthew Stafford win or we're going to see the Lions win. Either way, we can take something, I guess, away from that game and, and try to pack our hearts in a happy spot. But um, the the more damage we do to our livers on the way to getting there, it's just probably the best way to do it. So I know a lot of folks are setting up for that game. Let's let's put something together. Let's get a, a group of people together to tailgate and have some fun. All right. Um, here's something, Riz. I know we, we kind of I, I mentioned the topic beforehand, the bullet point. And you said, OK. And you kind of mentioned where you're at on it. And I said, oh, well. I think differently than that. And then we said, okay, <laughs> yeah. let's stop. Let's have the conversation organically. Okay. Um, I thought there was a pretty interesting article that was posted. It's from DraftWire from uh, Lyle. Um, Cla- What's his last name? 
Luke Easterly. Luke Easterly. Why am I calling him live? Luke I Easterly. Thank you. Luke Easterly from DraftWire. We had him on earlier. He was great guest. Great Luke's, guest. Luke's a very good guest. Um, really enjoyed talking to him, but uh, had an article from DraftWire, and I believe it was his. Teams picked a bad year to need a top quarterback <laughs> broadcast, uh, prospect. You also have another article on there that talks about the Lions are currently second overall in the draft order behind the we're number two we're <laughs> the, number two the highly effective trevor lawrence and the jacksonville jaguars um and i'm just gonna start the conversation right jared goff is with us next year he's very very expensive the crop of quarterbacks next year are not generally considered good across the board and number three Look what Trevor Lawrence has done for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's a pretty good quarterback. I'm telling you, especially after the loss of Hand and Okuda, who I and I I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm 100 percent wrong. I don't think we're going to see them at the level that we saw them before. I think they're going to have mediocre remainders of their careers, and we're going to lose out on two key positions that we had. We actually had players in position that could do a good job, and now we have two more holes in our roster. I think if you get yourself a quarterback, um, at best, you're going to have one that has a strong mind and can weather two more years of rebuilding after he's there and the whole line of bullshit that's going to come from fans about the whole idea. He's got to play now. Sit off. You can't let him be sit there and then watch him get destroyed. Oh, God, that's going to happen. You're going to watch a good, potentially, if you got a good quarterback, you're going to watch him get ruined. You've seen what, I mean, you've, you've seen like Tim Shovel Day is my favorite example of what we do. That Tim to, Sh- wow. Yeah, right? Good pull. What we do to players in key positions in Detroit. No. You need, look, and, and people say, oh, well, they, they, they got Jared Goff in LA and built the team around him. Right, we've got Jared Goff in Detroit. Let's build the team around him and then find our Matthew Stafford. We already got Matthew Stafford and couldn't build crap for a team. You're seeing well, somebody Trevor better Lawrence. than both of them, right? <laughs> and I think, as historically poor as this quarterback class is for this next year, that you have a better shot with a following year and not knowing the talent really and not seeing how it's grown. You probably have a better shot and you also have two first round picks again and you're likely not going to fill all the amazing gaps that are on your roster next year. You're going to pick very high. You're going to be able to have your choice of quarterback in the next year and hopefully you'll have built enough uh, in, in 2022 that when you hit 2023, you can spend that crap capital and get yourself a quarterback. You can off Goff's contract and you can have build the rest of the capital to have a team that's actually going to compete. That's my argument. I would disagree that I would disagree that this quarterback class is bad. I think the people that most people expected to be at the top of the, the, this quarterback class have not been great. Um, Specifically Spencer Rattler, who's not, doesn't look like he belongs in the NFL and please, please, please stay in school. Spencer, you need it. Uh, I'm telling, I'm telling you that as, as, as stay in school kids. Um, Sam Howell uh, from North Carolina has not had a great year. I will say he's not nearly as bad as some people have made him out to be. Uh, he remember, this is a guy that lost, I want to say nine starters around him. Uh, on North Carolina's offense, uh, eight or nine. So uh, he, he's he's working with new people. I think he's he's showing progress. There are quarterbacks in this draft that I like. 
Uh, I like Matt Coral from from Ole Miss. I like Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. I like to some extent Malik Willis from Liberty, although he is he is not as far along as what Trey Lance is. So for all the people who dogged Trey Lance for his for his uh, level of competition and relative inexperience, he's well ahead of where Malik Willis is in terms of NFL readiness as a passer. Now we're going to see that this weekend because he's going to wind up getting his first start for San Francisco and we'll see how that goes. But uh, in terms of what, what North Dakota state asked him to do versus what Liberty asks Malik Willis to do, it, it's, it's like the difference between playing checkers and Stratego. It's, it's completely different. Um, and, and you want the guy that's good at Stratego and not the guy who's like shoving checkers up his nose. Um, when he, when he gets kinged, um, your, your little brother did that, right, Chris? Because mine did. <laughs> My nostrils are normal sized. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't think it's a terrible year. Like, remember the dear Patrick Mahomes came out like, oh, this quarterback class is awful. Patrick Mahomes was in it. Yeah. You, you get, you, one, of the, one of the things that I like about Matt Coral, and it's also true of Kenny Pickett, but not quite to the extent this was a guy who had obvious talent. This was a guy who was a big like Manning camp, you know, and all that like prized a dude, but he has some holes in his game and everything I've seen. And I've watched all of their games, but one this year. And that includes the Alabama game where, where the, he, he did okay. Relatively speaking, he's gotten better at everything that he wasn't good at all the things that like scouts wanted to see him get better at. He's done. Give you a few examples of some guys who've done that in recent draft classes. Dak Prescott, currently one of the top leaders for MVP at with Dallas. Russell Wilson did that when he went from North Carolina State to Wisconsin. Joe Burrow did that at LSU. Look, if you go back to 2019 at this point, Joe Burrow wasn't still wasn't in the first round of mock drafts at that point. That's right. Look! Look what he's doing now, and we're going to see it up close in a couple of weeks. That guy's awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, and, and oh yeah. He he is. He's got it. He is really balled out. I, I I love what I see there. But again, do you think Joe Burrow elevates this team this year? He's on this team this year. Yeah, he do, does. He does. He, he elevates this team um, to what? To to, to he. Uh, well, that's the thing. Uh, there's there's a finite. I think he. I think he doubles their win total from what Jared Goff does. So four. Yeah, three, two or four. Right, right. You, you can't double to three. I'm not good at math, but I know that. <laughs> uh, I, I think I uh, because there and that's again, Joe Burrow with a year of experience under his belt, well, half a year right, of experience, right, right and an yeah. injury recovery. But that's a whole lot of time under his belt. I and and these guys, not, I don't. I don't. I'm, I don't want to say this wrong, but I probably will. I'm not going to filter. I'm just going to say it. So if there's there's nuance <laughs> here, it. it's fine, Do right? It. None it. of these Do quarterbacks, it. at least right now, and it is very very early to be evaluated. I I totally understand that. But where we are right now, none of these guys are below the roof automatic kind of picks. Trevor Lawrence was that kind of guy coming out, right? He's the obvious number one. I just don't think having a fresh new young quarterback this year. Is what this team needs. So this they, year, yeah, uh, but, no, coming into the draft and in, in, in the next draft in twenty twenty two draft, I think you have so many gaps and positions that you have to fill to even field an NFL caliber team that's in a, a ranking that goes to thirty two uh, versus forty five. I think there's just so many gaps you have to fill those before you put a poor quarterback in place. And this other side of it is is you have the draft capital to do it the year after. So you could use those two first-round picks this year to actually get talent 
on in your secondary to actually get a safety, to get the talent you need to put this team into a bit of a competitive competitive position, get them a, a wide receiver, get them a year of experience under their belt, bring in a quarterback in a, in a, a surrounded by a team that has that experience that can help lift him because that's what a new quarterback needs that first year. A new, uh, I don't see Trevor Lawrence lifting the Jacksonville Jaguars to anything, and he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's a he's a very he good, is quarterback. A good quarterback. I don't see him elevating the team because he's got so much to learn already. You need the team to have been elevated. <laughs> he also doesn't have a coach. <laughs> well, well, he's got a dancer. I, 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 <laughs> oh my god, uh, that, that that was quite the oil change check there. That was uh, that was something. Um, I'll say this: you cannot win without the quarterback. And I, I'm fairly certain that Jared Goff is not the long-term answer no. at quarterback. And I pray to God that Brad Holmes sees that too. If you like the quarterback, you don't not take the quarterback this coming year because you have Jared Goff Great or because point. you have the draft Great picks point. for the following year. If you see the guy that you want, you don't pass on it. Nope. That, that that's 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 my overriding concern is that agree they, 100%. They, that, that they pass on it because. Oh, we have Jared Goff. He can bridge us another season. If they do that and they turn away from a guy like like, like let, let's say let's say Someone Willis continues to to, 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 to light things up, yeah. or let's say Coral you know really lights things up as we go forward and becomes the next Joe Burrow, um, and he could, uh, and they they eschew taking him because oh we've got the we've got the chance to get a guy next year mm-hmm. and we have Goff and he's. Like Jared Goff isn't the reason why they're losing football games. He's certainly not the reason why they will win games. But he's he's not why they're losing. Right. Uh, and so and so I don't want that status to stay. That's where like, we hundred percent agree. If your guy, if your guy is there, absolutely. But don't fall in love with a guy because you yeah, have don't, Jerry don't Goff. Don't force it. Don't yeah. don't blame yeah, 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 Bortles yeah. it. Right. And then, and this is this is where I think you know a lot of fans are. You got to get a quarterback. Like they're forcing. The, the concept that you need to get a quarterback and, and there may not be the guy there. And that's kind of where I'm at. You're, you're, you're not going to, if you don't find your guy, and I'm not sure that he exists for this team. Now, Don brings up a great idea. If all things stay the same, the Eagles have not one, but two, but three picks in the top 10 in the 2022 draft. Maybe they fall in love with someone. Maybe they trade with Detroit to get their guy and we can turn that into some capital. That would be an ideal situation, for at least for me, for my strategy, because again, right now, there's not a quarterback that I'm in love with that's my guy. That's and, and this is part of what I'm thinking about. I don't think Jared Goff is the quarterback of the future, but I want a quarterback that's that I know is better than him, particularly if I'm still paying him, right? right. Because I need to get that kind of value out of that quarterback position. I don't think that's going to happen with my rookie quarterback next year. So now I have a first-round pick, huge amount of capital, right? The guy that is supposed to play in year one, basically, when you think about what a first-round pick is, especially that high in the the draft, and a guy making 20-some million dollars a year that are both wrapped up in this one position. You might as well just go back to the old rookie pay scale at that point with how much crap you've got wrapped up there. And the rest of the team, again, is a massive gap of talent. That's my head. No, that that and it, it kind of ties in with what we talked about earlier about like having the young guys now that are cheap salary and can be your cheap yep. backups and maybe you find a few cheap starters out of it and that allows you some flexibility to pay that sort of extra QB tax that yeah. you're describing. Yeah. Um I just don't want like I I've I have seen firsthand 
the difference between not having the quarterback and having the quarterback in recent times, the, the, going from Brock Osweiler and Tom Savage to Deshaun Watson, um, oh, and, yeah. and not everybody liked Deshaun. Yeah. Um, not everybody in Houston liked them taking Deshaun. I know the massage um, therapists it, don't. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that that's a very very different animal, um, but he was he was not a like like when they traded for him. There were a lot of people that a lot of people in Houston who were like, "What the hell have we done? Why are we doing this?" Um, and for before everything went to hell, he was the best thing that ever happened to that franchise. <laughs> um, I saw the difference between having hope. A hopeless situation like Deshaun Kaiser and Brock Osweiler again and Kevin Hogan in Cleveland and what a guy like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is a marginal top 10 quarterback, more probably top, you know, 11 to 15 overall. But he's the, the attitude, the spirit that he brought with him. That lifted everybody else on that team. Yeah. Now, now they have, they have, they are loaded. They, they got a great GM and they, they, they put together two or three really good drafts in a row and they're paying the, they're reaping the benefits of that now, getting Nick Chubb, getting Denzel Ward with their bonus picks. Right. Um, that's how you get bonus picks. So, so, so to your point, I've seen, like, like we'll go back to that 2017 draft where the, the Texans traded up for Deshaun Watson. The Browns out of that draft got Miles Garrett at number one. They got Denzel Ward at number four. And they got David Njoku at 22 with the pick that they got from, from Deshaun Watson. All three of those guys are really damn good football players. Yep. Uh, two of them have been to Pro Bowls, and David Njoku is going to cash in this offseason. And I, I don't want it to be Detroit because I think he's going to wind up getting overpaid. But he's a really talented tight end. Like that—that's—that's that's your thesis right there. Is what the Browns are right now, and then they added the quarterback the next year, and they also happen to add the best running back in football with the ball is in and Nick Chubb, yeah. uh, and, and a couple other pieces that coming year. They, they traded for Jarvis Landry. They brought in Odell Beckham. Um, they, they had the, the money and flexibility to do that with their cap because they didn't commit to to things that you're just talking about. So. Um, you know, I will tell you that your way works because I'm watching it happen in Cleveland. You know what? Really? But I'm, I'm also impatient. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and, and like if I, I want, because I know that if you don't have the quarterback, nothing else matters. You cannot win without the quarterback. We do not have the quarterback now. We quite frankly, didn't have it in Stafford as good as he was. Did he ever help us win a playoff? I, Obviously, you can. Go, we've we've talked miles and years of videotape on that, and I won't discuss it. But the bottom line is, the Matthew Stafford era in Detroit is not going to be viewed, certainly by anybody outside of Detroit, as a success. Well, you um, see, it, you see at every Rams game at four o'clock every week how they rip on Detroit, how terrible it was, how it was gloomy. He lands in L.A. and how beautiful it is. But they built the team and landed. Matthew Stafford around that. Now, if you see how well L.A. did with Jared Goff and you upgrade to Matthew Stafford, who is a definite upgrade over Jared Goff, that should be the thing that pushes you over the top. No matter. I think Stafford's a great quarterback. I think he is absolutely great. I surrounded by the right, right people. He can win Super Bowls. But you got Jared Goff who played in a Super Bowl, so he can get you to one, too. Right. But you need the talent around him. So what you draft and drafting quarterbacks is so difficult. If you draft a guy that winds up being a cheap version of Jared Goff, which is highly possible, it is absolutely possible, you better have the team around him because you've invested all that capital and you're going to ride that guy for three to five years. The other side of it is, is 
I don't want them to get it wrong this time. I'm in a weird spot, right? I want to win. I, I'm with you. I want to win. But I'm I'm going to be a little more patient this time because if we F this up again and we turn this thing into another Quinn or Patricia or the hope is completely sapped, I don't know that I've got I, – I don't know that I can do more than 100 losses without picking up on the win side on these postgame shows anymore because it is – wearing hard man i don't it i don't even want to look wearing at, uh, hard i somebody suggested to me that i should go through and find all the weekends where so i have three teams of interest i have the browns the texans and the lions find weekends where all three of them won um i've been employed covering two of those three teams since christmas of 2016 yep. and i just off the top of my head i think there's two where all three teams have won yeah yeah. In four, five years, yeah. uh, it I, I want, I'm ready to win, man. And maybe that if it doesn't work this time, buddy, I, I it's different. I'm trying to we try to turn this stuff into so many good things with St. Jude and the Fisher House and all the things. Try to try to you know because it ain't the football. Right. I mean, it's like, what's 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 the joke with the bear? <laughs> right. You're not here for the hunting, are you? <laughs> right? I mean, that's basically what's going on here. But you're not here yeah. for the football, are you? Right. I mean, come on. So, yeah. All right, well, let's we'll go there. I want to say really quick though, you know, here's an argument. Me, Riz, and I just had an argument. That's the kind of argument you get in Slack. It's literally yes, not yes, the, it like, is. I'm going to insult your your family members and and rip you apart. That's the kind of people. If you're looking for that kind of intelligent content, go to Patreon.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast, and that's the kind of dialogue that happens. We can agree to disagree. We'll find Absolutely. the merits of either each other's arguments, but we may walk we, away disagreeing. So that's okay. We had a that, good. That's okay. Yep. It's it's really it really is okay. Um, you might find me ripping on certain Detroit radio personalities who have yeah. to clearly never watched a damn, damn game of football in their freaking life, huh. um, and and act like they know it all. Um, you, you, I don't like those people. <laughs> you, you guest appeared on on podcasts of guys who did post game shows of games they didn't watch too. Uh, let's go on. <laughs> yeah, shout out to yes, Greg Warren. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's talk about coaching here. Oh my god. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I need, I need to laugh for the coaching. Please. Let's, uh, let's talk Guide about coaching. Forward. And again, Woodyard, uh, this, it was this, the reason I think about that guy is he stood up for, for Rothstein so much, and Woodyard's like a freaking 10 million percent uh, uh, improvement over, of, over Wall Street, Wall, Rothstein. Great job. Great job over the ESPN. Eric Woodyard is awesome. All right. Talk about coaching. Coaching is an interesting concept here, and... Um, well, let's talk about it with the front office. Do, do you know there was an interesting point made today that you can't trust this uh, this front office or these coaches to uh, create you know get the right talent in here. Thus, we need to get rid of all the talent and start over. Oh, you're 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 doing their bit. The person I was just talking about, you're doing his bit. Because oh. <laughs> I know how under your skin it gets, and I didn't. I wanted to get out of slack mode quickly. Okay. <laughs> flagship station of the, the Lions and never once go to the Lions facility. I live in Zealand and I'm there more than they are. They're right up the freaking street. They have unlimited access and they never go. Why do you trust these people to handle them? Hold them accountable. Demand more, Detroit. Be better fans. Demand more from your flagship station. They're screwing you over. They're stealing your money. Stop it. Stop. Stop enabling that bs demand better so you're saying that the front office should oh be able God. to get people and not trade everybody if if you don't trust the front office 
Why would you want them to get more chances to pick more players? Like, do you not understand that those two hands don't come together? Like, my God, the density of these people. Have they ever, like, stepped out of a bathtub? And, and like, I, 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 I'm boggled that people pay attention to this and give them any credibility at all. When, when they're clearly just playing you to get emotional rises out of you. And, God damn it, it's working on me now. And that really pisses me off. It's so great. It is so great. I knew, I knew that would wind you up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. But, Fuck. all right. Now, now breathe, and let's talk about coaching. The coaching staff who has shown capability, clock management, some good calls, so on. This week, it was a little bit different. Oh, he's actually going for a walk. This getting week, my, my, a little bit I'm getting my heart penguin. My, my mom got me this when I was recovering from open heart surgery to hug when I was stressed. Thanks, Mom. He's rocking with a stuffed animal. Oh, my gosh. All right. So Love coach, you, Mom. <laughs> a coaching staff who has made some pretty decent uh, decisions up to now in game and managed the game well made some decisions that were a bit controversial. I, uh, oh God, I want to go back really quick to the quarterback thing before I go to the coaches. Oh, we'll do it anyway. The coaches, not go back. Um, they, some controversial decisions, some go for it decisions at the Baltimore game. The run. The run plays. My opinion was that the calls themselves were bad. I think running the clock down. I think running run plays were good. I think they were terrible play designs that they called. But agree, whatever. <laughs> this game was different. We elect to go for it and not kick the field goal. We elect. Well, we didn't elect okay. to have a snap. You do not but. kick the field goal in this situation. You need a touchdown. A touchdown is more important than the field goal. You've got the ball at what the twelve yard line. Hey, wait, wait. What part of the game are you talking you're, about? At you're not end, getting right? a. Yeah, we were talking about earlier when when they were forced down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that 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 was bad. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm certainly not defending defending the. I thought Dan Campbell had a bad coaching game Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Um. And so go go on. Sorry, go I'm, okay, yeah. I'm still fired so, up, man. No, no, that's okay. I'm just trying to. I'm walking sequentially through the game. So there was a couple times when field goals might have been the better choice. Obviously, there's hindsight, right? And obviously, there's the I want more aggressive coaches darn it and then they go and get aggressive and it's like what the hell are you doing you got to kick the field goal i mean fans fans are completely bipolar you can't let that whole kind of conversation run run the day because they're always going to be monday morning cornerbacking it but there was at least one time in which they should have kicked the the field goal um they kick all three and and all of a sudden it's a different game towards the end there as well go ahead field goal choices at the at the end, they needed to go for the touchdown because the touchdown is more important than the field goal. You've got the ball. I want to say it was the twelve or the fifteen yard line. Fourth down. If you kick the field goal there, you still got to get the touchdown. If you get the touchdown, like then then you're a lot, a lot more in business. If you kick the field goal, then you got you got to get defensive stop. You're trying to turn it over to your defense, or you're trying to get an outside kick. Uh, we do have one of those. Um, the guy who kicked it was out with COVID, but I digress. Um, the, the right decision, that's your best chance to get a touchdown. The, the offense was flowing at that point. You, you had some things working. Go strike while the iron's hot. If you don't get the touchdown, the field goal doesn't matter at all. Right. Uh, I, 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 I spar with analytical types on that point because you're, you're, you're not seeing the bigger picture because there's something that has to come after the field goal. Like the other team can go down and kick a field goal and then you're screwed. 
Like, if you get the touchdown, then they have to go score a touchdown. That changes the dynamic of the other team and what they have to do. So you always, always, always go for the touchdown first when you're that close. Now, if, if you're at the 30-yard line and it's fourth and eight, kick the damn field goal. But that's not where the Lions were. Um, I thought Jared Goff knew that he was going to throw the ball where he did before he even got out of the huddle. And I think his inability to look and look to his right or look straight ahead and see wide open, uncovered receivers. You're talking um, about Cephas, right? Cephas. And, and also on the backside of that play, the backside receiver was also uncovered and wide open because as soon as Jared Goff got the ball, his head snapped to the right. He threw it almost instantaneously. The entire Bears defense went that way, too. Um, <laughs> if he pump fakes... He's got six points on the backside to either of the targets that he wants to throw to. This is where now, now he, he now he missed Khalif Raymond earlier on that same damn throw, so maybe he doesn't make it. I don't know, but this is where they I'm, made the right decision. It was a poor play by Goff. I'm going to disagree, and this is as a result of Ash. I, did you see his breakdown? Because it was really really good. I did. Okay, I did. so he takes the snap. The first read is Amon Ra, right? That's the first read. Yeah. He st- he looks over the middle. And Cephas is open, but he hasn't even made his break yet. And Swift completely right. whiffed his block. And it yes, was did. instant <laughs> pressure on Goff. A pump fake is probably out of the question at that point because then they're on top of him, especially with the Goff small hand fumble. You don't want to do that. <laughs> so God, he goes right. immediately I, to the first I read. Hate that that's right. <laughs> he goes immediately to the first read. The first read was open, but Amin Ra hosed this. Amon Ra jogged out of his break. Amon Ra's the first read. He needed to cut. He rounded his route. He needs to cut and run. That ball was thrown to a place on the field, and Amon Ra didn't make it to that place because he ran lazy and rounded the route off. That was on Amon Ra to me 100%. I like St. Brown. I think the guy's got a lot of talent. He could do something. But Goff takes so much. You take the screen snap, right? Look, Cephas is wide open. There's like four defenders between all rushing between Goff and Cephas, and Goff hadn't made the break. When When he makes the break and he actually turns to see the ball, Goff is already on his back. Amon Ra is the guy. Now, the guy on the backside, I haven't seen that. Admittedly, I haven't seen what was on the backside. But with that kind of pressure, especially with a guy like Goff, right, you know he's going to that first read. And Amon well, yeah, Ra that, has that, to run a he, good route. He has to run that route right. And that's where that, that play failed. I, I don't disagree that Amon Ra also played it poorly. But Goff's... He should have adjusted he, he, his throw. Right, I mean, but he's throwing to a point. He's under pressure. He's always scared when he's under pressure. And again, DeAndre Swift, and and I don't think this gets stressed enough because people don't like to hear that the good players didn't play well. He was awful in the second half of that game, and that was part of it. Um, He he absolutely mad adored in his his pass blocking responsibilities. If Jamal Williams is in the game, that doesn't happen. Maybe maybe something happens there. Carry on, Johnson. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well, he would have blown out his knee making the block. Sorry, carry on. I'm sorry, dude. I like you, but dude, dude gets hurt a lot. Salute, Wisco. Um, that's for you, buddy. Uh, you know, I that that that's that's the the that's life relying on young players to make key plays, and uh, the Lions turned it over to to a couple of young players there, and they didn't they didn't deliver. Yeah. Um, next time, maybe they will. Well, I hope we get a situation where it is like that next time, and I hope that Dan Campbell still goes for it next time. Yeah. I do too. I liked the call. I liked going for it. I didn't think you kicked there. I just think that uh, they they executed poorly. I don't, and I have a hard time. I I didn't 
ever play wide receiver. So I, you know, I don't know. I just don't understand. I know you get tired, right? Playing a whole game, whatever. And you, and, and, and guys take plays off. That's the worst thing you can do as a wide receiver. I don't care if it's a run. I don't care what it is. You cannot take plays off. And it looks like Amon Ra as the first read on that play took that play off. And that to me is the kind of stuff yeah. that says, I mean, if we had any kind of real talent at wide receiver, he wouldn't, if I was, if I was Campbell, he would have just dropped down the depth chart at least for a week. He would have been he would have been just punished for that. Send the message. Cost yeah. us. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Uh, all all right. right. That's that. Are you are you are you kind of got your heart back? I, I'm I'm somewhat better. I I tossed my 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 heart bang went away. Okay. Well, let's look really quick. Uh, any lights at the end of the tunnel? When are we going to start seeing results on this rebuild, Riz? <laughs> Next year, um, look again. This year for me now completely is is not about wins and losses. Yes, I do want to see one win. I do not want to go win. I don't want to go zero and seventeen. I really don't want to go zero and seventeen. Firsties again. <laughs> I, I I want to see that this coaching staff is the right coaching staff. I want to see that. A lot of the young players are better from week one to week four and then from week four to week eight and week eight to week 12 and week 12 to week 17 or 18, how 17 games. I, I want to see steady improvement in the young players that this team is relying on in the future. Guys like Panay Sewell, DeAndre Swift, Levi Anzarike, um, all the young players in the defense from, from Oruwarie to, to Walker, to, to Jerry, to, to AJ Parker, um, there's going to be ebbs and flows in the game. They're young players. That's going to happen. They're going to have bad games. I want to see their good games trump over their bad games. And that, that absolutely can happen. You find guys that way. Um, maybe, maybe they'll find like, like Jonah Jackson as a, as a, your left guard. You want that guy to work out long-term. Yeah. So far he he's had like, I want to say seven good quarters out of 16 uh, in the next 16 quarters. I want to see nine. Um, and then after that, I want to see 11, yep. that type of thing. That's, that's, that's where the light comes for me is that I like this coaching staff's ability. We talked about earlier to develop the young talent, to understand how to push the buttons on the young players to get them to be more useful as they get older and more, more time in the NFL. That that's my light. There you go. Okay. I will go back to the one point we made a little bit earlier for those that have weren't here for it. Quintricia decimated this team. Had they been here, it would be oh, yes. even worse this year if they were still here, and we would have an even deeper hole. There's a lot to dig out of. We talked about the number. Again, you're talking about 75%, 70-75% of your salary cap is wrapped up in injured it's dead, and dead, dead money and injured guys yeah, oh. right now. So you're playing with 25 to 30% of your salary cap against teams that have 80% or 90%. It's hard to win in the NFL with that and the level of talent that was downgraded at just about every position that they touched. So that's that. The only positions that really, that, that, I mean, if you think about it, we were a great growth ground for linebackers for the New England Patriots, but we built a hell of an offensive line, and unfortunately three of them are injured right now. So there you go. All right. Um, Riz, take us for a quick jaunt around the division. Man, uh, you've, you've been watching a couple of these teams, and then we'll go into Minnesota as we look forward. Yeah, sure. Um, so Chicago, obviously. So one of the things that, that was frustrating about last weekend, as improbable as this sounds, had the Lions won that game, they'd be in second place right now because they would be one and three. 
but the Vikings would be one and three. The Bears would be one and three. And the Lions would have the tiebreaker because they have a divisional win, yep. the divisional road win over the Bears. Uh, that didn't happen, obviously. So, the, look, the Packers proved that week one was their fluke game. They're 3-0 and since then and look like the best team in the NFC. I know Arizona's unbeaten. I know they're really good. I'm taking the Packers over them right now as, as the best team in the NFC. They've, they've figured it out. They're getting healthier. There's a lot of things to like about Green Bay. Um, unfortunately, no, that's that, that, that's where we're at. <laughs> if, you, if, you're in, if you're in Vegas, sure, there's things to like about Green Bay. But otherwise... There's not a lot to like yeah. about that team. I, I, I've, I've never actually been to the city. I, I do seriously want to get to Lambeau sometime and then like tour it and see it yeah, yeah. and see like the, the, the small town. Cause um, I, I'm originally from an, an, the Sandusky, Ohio area. And I've heard that green Bay is very much like Sandusky, Ohio. It just happens to have a pro football team there, which is <laughs> wild to me. Um, and that's uh uh, so I, I want to see that, but I, I'm not in. I'm, I'm not in this allure mystique of of them. But th- that, that's a good football team. Minnesota. We'll go to Chicago because Minnesota wait, really is this quick. week's opponent. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think next year? Think about this for for real. Just doing a trip, you and me. We'll go up and we'll go see the Lions play in Lambeau. Do the whole tour thing. We'll go have just to do it because I want to. I want to see it too. I, I, I hate the Packers and all the things about them, but absolutely a historic venue. Let's. If you're up, I, I, would, I would love to do that. You know, I, I, we can take the boat across from Muskegon to Milwaukee. That's like, you know, 40 minutes from my house. I, we can do that. that that'd be fun. Awesome. Um, I, I, I've always wanted to do that. I've, I've always wanted like I'm not a motorcycle guy at all. I want to go to the Harley Davidson place in, in Milwaukee. Oh, I think that'd be yeah, sweet to go to. Yeah. You know what? I know somebody that works at Harley. I could I might Ooh, be able to get a tour. Sweet. Us. That'd be cool. Okay, okay. Um, catch a Brewers game, maybe catch a Bucks preseason game or something like that. Yeah, that's that, that's fun. So that, that I would like to do that. So I'm. Green, look, Green Bay is the clear cream of the crop of the NFC North, and they're getting better. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, Chicago, they officially named Justin Fields as the starter indefinitely now. It's about freaking time. Uh, I'd like to think that the Lions played some role in that. Their defense got healthy um, last week because they look they they beat they lost to the Browns twenty six to six. The Browns could have scored fifty in that game if they wanted to, yeah. and they didn't. And the Bears defense impressed me with what they did. Uh, I know that I know that Khalif Raymond and and Quintel Cephas had good games. I thought that the Bears linebacking core taking TJ Hawkinson away and devoting themselves to taking him away was a big step for them because they did not do that against Cleveland. They did not do that in the end the week before that either. They're getting better. They look like a marginal playoff team in the NFC. Like right now, the four best teams in the NFC, they might all be in the West yeah. <laughs> uh, outside of Green Bay. Because like the South, Carolina kind of got exposed the other night. I, I I don't know, man. They've had a really easy schedule. I don't look. Dallas's offense is great. By the way, hell to the no on Jalen Smith out of Dallas. Dallas fans think of Jalen Smith the exact same way that Lions fans felt about Jelani Tavai, and I don't want any part of that. Oh, so he's a potential Patriot. 
he could be. Um, <laughs> he he just he just runs a lot faster to miss the play. That that that's Jalen Smith in a nutshell. Like um, oh, if you, if you want fun with that, if you really want to know what I'm talking about, follow Marcus Mosher on Twitter, and he breaks down like the five worst plays of Jalen Smith in every Cowboys game. He puts video up of them, and it's like, oh my god, like Tavai's better than this dude. Um, so you don't want any part of that in Detroit. No, sorry, no. Pass. Aside from the fact that Taylor Decker is the reason why he got hurt, I don't think that that, that dynamic would go all the, all that well either. I don't think people bring that up enough. Um, I know it might be water under the bridge, but it might not be, and that's just not drama that you need. Um, if you go back to the game where Jalen Smith got hurt, it was because Taylor Decker blocked him and kind of was illegally blocking downfield to do that. Um, and I know Notre Dame fans still aren't over that shit. So um, <laughs> let me ask you though about the. Um... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You don't you don't believe in them after a loss. Okay, to the you know Rams? what? Yeah. You, as a, I as do. A I do. Resident. They are. They are. Look, they're really good. They uh, New England's terrible. That that's not a good football team, and they almost lost to them. They have in health. They have very serious injury problems of their own, and I think that might be their downfall. Gronk's out for an indefinite amount of time. Dude punctured his lung and broke four that's ribs. Crazy, right. That, that, that's tough, man. Um, they're, they're, they lost Carlton Davis. They're without two other cornerbacks already. If they're healthy, yeah, they, they absolutely belong up there. But I, I, I'm not sure that one of the drawbacks of bringing everybody back is that they're all a year older. Yeah. He didn't really replace anybody behind them. Let me, I, let me ask you this, they, though. They're, they're perilous. They're they're good and they can't be they taken lightly, but they're perilous. So let me ask you. So don't don't look. There's only okay. two teams in the NFC that have scored more points than the Buccaneers. Who are they? Well, I know Arizona's one of them because I know that they're they're leading the league in scoring. Uh, who would be the other one? Uh, Dallas, probably. Yeah, good, good, very good, yeah. very good. Dallas by four points. Yeah, um, da- Dallas's offense. I'm sold. Clicking, <laughs> yeah, clicking. freaking Kellen Moore. Yeah, we should have played him, Riz. <laughs> No, 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 don't, don't go there. Um, they, they have a very good offense, and I, I, I am very happy to see Dak Prescott in the MVP conversation. I like yeah. Dak Prescott a lot. I always have. Yeah. And uh, uh, their defense is rotten, but their offense is good enough to overcome it. <laughs> All right, as we, I, 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 I will, I, and I will, I will throw a bone to the Micah Parsons folks. The way they are using Micah Parsons on their defense is effing. Brilliant! I love using him as your your speed edge. It's it's a great use for him. It's putting him in a position to succeed as a rookie. I love that. I like teams that put their their young talents in position to succeed. We're talking. We talked earlier about how Panay Sewell was put in a position to fail because they try. He spends a year of his life learning right tackle, and then the, like two days before your season starts, oh dude, you're going back to the left. No, Crazy. no. Crazy. So, so give the Cowboys some credit for for using an incredibly athletic person and letting him unleash his athletic freak. Um, I still didn't want any part of him in Detroit, but I appreciate what they're doing with him. Ooh. All right, there you go. Um, really quick before we get to Minnesota, uh, want to hit? Don't forget SaintJude.org/dlp. Anything you can donate to help those six kids, sick kids. That's awesome. Donate some money. Take a video of yourself hitting, uh, getting a pie in the face. Challenge two people. To do the same, call them out, put up on your social media, uh, hashtag pies for kids number four, and um, 
we will get you on the show. We'll put your videos up here, the best videos up here. We'll make sure we share your videos as well. Uh, let's raise some money for St. Jude. Let's get that going on. Also, we have our uh, November 5th is our 24-hour podcast. And also, on top of that, we have a giant auction with Hawkinson jerseys, a Hawkinson signed football. Uh, we've got um, DeAndre Swift signed jersey and ball already. We've got a week-long stay at a Colorado ski resort for free up for auction during ski season. If you like skiing, you're going to get a hell of a deal there. we got some great stuff coming in uh, for the auction. We're going to do a lot. We're going to try to raise some money for sick kids here. stjude.org slash DLP. Let's get that going. Also, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Don't forget about that, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Do something for the podcast by doing something you can do anyway. All it does is take money away from Bezos, puts it in our pockets instead of his rockets, and helps us get to the top of the podcast. I don't like his penis rocket. That needs to go away. Okay, that's another conversation for off the air. Um, also, just really quick, hit the like while you're here, if you don't mind. Like and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate yes. when you guys do that. Uh, it's, it helps it's us. Probably down there. <laughs> helps us with the algorithm, and uh, we. I, I feel weird yeah. doing it, but it's really something that we. I guess we got to do. It's the YouTube thing. It, so yeah, you, YouTube wants sad. you to like it, so yeah. like it. Yeah, the likes and subscribes actually really really help. So there you go. All right, let's look at Minnesota. Um, I will say again, this team needs to bounce back i don't know that they can win i know they can win it's it's possible it's a small possibility i don't need to know that they need to win but they have to show competent coaching they have to show competent yes. playing they have to show pride in the game and in playing the game they have to bounce back and recover from what was just an absolute debacle in chicago riz that defense in minnesota is vicious and our offensive line is missing the three most important people. And before the season, we talked about how oh. poor we were at depth. But let's talk about Matt Nelson. He's been he's not been so bad. I mean, we've had some he's guys. Been, that have, he's been serviceable. V has been playing pretty good. He, he's played okay. I mean, we'll be okay against this defense, right? Uh, Daniel Hunter is a problem. Um, yeah, they and they've again their sack percentage is nine point eight percent. That means when the opposing team goes back to pass, they're basically getting a sack one out of every ten times. That now the Lions again are, are seventh in that stat, and they're at like eight point zero two percent. But the, the Vikings, they're getting it done. Um, and you're you're seeing that last year was the anomaly for their defense, and not uh, the years before that where where they were pretty good. They are vulnerable, and, and I saw this in the Cleveland game. This is weird because uh, I, I, I watch every Browns game. I wound up doing tape breakdowns of it, and I actually did a tape breakdown of the Browns versus the Vikings, and if you want to get some Vikings insight from that, check that out at Browns Wire. I'm cheap plug for that. But uh, one of the things that I saw, they're very vulnerable down the middle of the field. They, they Their linebackers don't get a lot of depth in their drops. Their safeties, um, Harrison Smith winds up playing outside a lot, and their other safeties don't roam the middle of the field very well. So Hawkinson could be in, in line for a big game this week. You can see uh, Amon Ra get a lot of catches in that 8 to 12-yard range over the middle. That's going to be open for them. Throwing the ball outside will work. One of the things you got to do, and this this is this, the Swift fans are going to like this, this is a Jamal Williams week because you've got to hit them fast. You've got to run downhill. If you run sideways, you run laterally against Minnesota, they're going to wipe your ass out. If you attack them, you can beat them. Yeah. And, and, and Williams is better at that than Swift. Um, I saw last week, 
the, the week before Chicago, Kareem Hunt was the better option for Cleveland than Nick Chubb was just because of running style. And that's why I thought DeAndre Swift would have a good week because he's more like Kareem Hunt than he is Nick Chubb. Well, it didn't work out that way. And it turned out that Jamal Williams actually had a pretty darn good game. This game shapes up to being a Jamal favorable game for his running style. Now, I don't know if the blocking is going to make that happen or not. Um, and and I, I do expect DeAndre to bounce back, but they're, they're somewhat vulnerable. The, they're, the issue that we're going to have in this game, they run three wide receivers a lot more than they ever have um, in Minnesota. You, you, you always know them as a team that runs a lot of two tight ends or they, they use Darvin Ham as their fullback and they have Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. They're playing K.J. Osborne as their number three wide receiver a lot, and he's good. Justin Jefferson is really good. Adam Thielen, noted Lions killer, really good. I don't know if we have three NFL caliber cornerbacks on our roster right now, at least not right at this present. Not healthy. These guys, these guys might get better in time, but right now it's, it's rough. Great, it's a great chance to get better. It, I, it is. It, it's an opportunity for guys like A.J. Parker to to prove themselves. It's got a chance for a guy like Jerry to get an interception because Kirk Cousins will hang them up, yep. especially if you get some pressure on him. But th- this is a – teams teams that can run three or four wides at you and protect their quarterback are, are, are going to be a problem for Detroit. Cincinnati can do that. Minnesota can kind of do that. Their offensive line isn't very good yet, but it's – better than it has been. So it, this is this is not a great matchup. And, and then you have the fact that Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook had a rotten week against Cleveland. He's due to bounce back. He's too talented to keep down like that. I'm, I'm very worried about what Dalvin Cook is going to do this defense. Here's my biggest, this may actually, I hate to say this, okay, but this may solve a whole lot of things for us. This defensive line is so good. You have a guy in golf. It can with, be. With a guy can be. I'm talking about the, the, the Minnesota defensive line. The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're, good. they're so good. And in Jared Goff, you got a guy who does not like pressure and makes quick throws. He yeah. doesn't have, we don't have a lot of talent to throw deep. So they just have to keep us covered, you know, keep Hawk covered. Uh, and that's really where their concentration has to be in Amon Ra, right? And then all yeah. of a sudden, they come after us, right? They can they can send the the the, the rest of the the defense basically after Goff because oh. he has to make a quick decision and he doesn't have open short guys. I see a lot of checkdowns out of him, but the real thing is, and I hate to say this, right? And I'm not wishing this on anybody, but as good as that defensive line is, and as decimated as our offensive line is, there could be a situation. Where this whole should we draft a quarterback and should golf play get solved by the Minnesota defense to this? this I week. hope that you're Mr. Brightside here. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, well, no. I mean, I'm just talking that we won't see a whole lot of golf after this week because they're just going to be all oh, over him. Oh, oh, oh. We're, we're adding to our injury. Yes. Money list. Yes. Oh, because the, the, the offset between the capabilities of their defense and our offensive line, their defensive line, our offensive line is so great. That Goff is going to be in deep trouble. Who's our practice squad quarterback? Blau. What's his name? Blau. Um, Blau. We have David Blau, but the, no, there's a guy in the practice Blau. squad, um, Stephen Montez. Yeah, you want to put Montez up there as a sacrificial lamb? No, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you act. Maybe you call him up and activate him for this game, yeah. just as a precautionary measure. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, and again, I'm not saying I want it. I'm not saying I wish it. But I, I, I look at the disparity in talent between our just dis- decimated offensive line. And the strength of their defensive line and their pass rush. If you thought Baltimore was good, 
Imagine Baltimore now against our offensive line. They would destroy us. They would absolutely destroy us. They would be all over Goff. That's what That'd I expect rough. to see. And that's gonna be it's gonna be this, really this is really bad. not 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 to get all preemptive on your your awesome Friday show that you do with Tony Ortiz, but uh this is the first game this year where I have absolutely no confidence whatsoever that the Lions can win this game. Yep. I really don't. That yep. this is a game where I will be using the Minnesota Vikings as my survivor fantasy pick. Mm. And wow. I am still alive. Yeah. Uh, I, I was smart enough to choose the Colts last but week. You're not, doing so, you're not doing so great in pick them, just so you know. <laughs> oh, God, no. No, 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 I'm not. No. You're looking um, like the Lions yeah. roster for injuries. Uh, okay. So that's where we're at. Uh, this Thanks is going to be yeah, tough game, tough game. Um, hopefully, you know, we come out of it healthy and we can continue to get healthier and see some of those wins. It just doesn't feel like it this week. And by the way, Tony really, really misses you, man. He really would love to see you. I love Tony. I, I miss being on, but it, it's it's at a time where, as you know, I dad duty calls, man. Yeah, due day. <laughs> so I'm going to be in there. We're going to do another. I don't know if you heard this. Miller's is being sold. I did see that. That's really depressing to me, but uh, institution in uh, Dearborn. So maybe uh, I'll get to town here. I'm thinking October no, and or, or later November, mid November. Maybe we can get together, get the three of us together, go grab our last little Miller. That that would be ourselves. fun again. Without that was that was a great afternoon. <laughs> it, really was. it really was. All right. With that, we want to thank everybody. Head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the Slack chat. It is the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month donated will get you there. And uh, I'm telling you, you'll really, really love it. It's it's worth it. Go to stjude.org slash DLP. Donate helps the kids. We're trying to raise money and help some, uh, some families. Christmas for the kids, third annual. Got a lot going on with that. And the pies, you got to get the pies. Get the get the pies going. Challenge some friends and have some fun. Also, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, and at Jeff Risden, as you see spelled there. Two of the best Twitter followers on the internet, if I do say so myself. Uh, give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the show. So we can, we can come into your ear holes automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time with the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How Big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.